0: Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. I'm the host for On The Brink. And as you know, we bring together entrepreneurs, thought leaders, CEOs, people who are really trying to help others see, feel, and think in new ways, or they're building new ways to do things and changing their businesses that are really innovative and and setting forth new, really new business models. I have with me today Hamilton Perkins. It's really, truly an honor to have Hamilton with us. He's a founder and president of Hamilton Perkins Collection. It's exciting. It's an e-commerce retailer. He offers designer travel bags. And as you know, I already have 70,000 miles on plane, but I don't have one of his bags yet, so I have to get one. But it's at an affordable price, and it holds the highest standards of social and environmental performance, accountability, and transparency. And you're going to ask me, what is that? And Hamilton's going to tell you. He's also going to tell you about himself. Now, remember, we work with entrepreneurs. I'm married to a serial entrepreneur. And the reason I like having entrepreneurs on here is that each one has figured out a way to do something a little differently, but there's also some common themes that others can really begin to imitate or learn from. So we'll end this with some of the lessons learned that Hamilton has discovered as he's taken an idea from that idea into an innovation. Welcome, Hamilton. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. We really appreciate the opportunity.
0: So I'd like to start by asking our guests to tell our listeners about their own personal journey. And to give you um, my perception of it is one thing, but Hamilton has a very exciting life that's come to this point. I want him to tell you about it. Go ahead. Share.
1: Yeah. So uh, I started with a marketing major, undergraduate. I, I thought I was going to move up and maybe become a consultant or maybe start an agency. And I kind of I consulted for about a year out of uh, college uh, independently I wanted a bird's eye view of the economy, so I ended up working in finance uh, at Bank of America. Um, leading up to that point, I'd always been very uh, entrepreneurial. I you know, had sold shirts and bags, and I worked in retail boutiques and uh, worked at trade shows and interior design. and. Uh, you know, eventually kind of got to this point with my career where, uh, you know, I was interested to learn more about business. So I went back to business school, got my MBA at William & Mary and you know, kind of came up with this concept for a better bag. You know, my, my, uh, my need was I wanted a bag I could be proud to carry. I wanted a bag that I could be excited about. And I really didn't find it when I looked online. I looked in the department stores. So I decided that I'd make it um, ended up creating this uh, new product that was going to be made from recycled plastic, uh, upcycled billboard vinyls. No two bags were ever going to be the same. Um, we threw it up on Kickstarter. Um, you know, launched with a ten thousand dollar goal. We hit the goal in under a week. Uh, had about a six month lead time, and from there we shipped all the products out uh, in the twenty sixteen. Um, we finished the year out also with a trunk show that we hosted at Bloomingdale's. Um, we won a grant from the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia for $25,000. And we turned our web store on uh, late 2016, early 2017. So this whole year has been really about kind of ramping up our inventory and really um, you know, supply and the demand that we have and, uh, you know, just been been fortunate enough to uh, kind of get the word out. So I jumped into this full time uh, almost a year ago now. So it's, you know, kind of been the journey where, you know, um, would you expect to be where you are, but, you know, you, you don't really know exactly, but um, I'm definitely, I feel fortunate to come to work every day.
0: Yes, I know. And you and I were both talking about how lucky we are because we do things that are passionate and are right. But But this is sort of interesting. You had an idea, you know. Often entrepreneurs aren't quite sure where the ideas come. Where did this idea come from? I mean, what you know? You wanted a bag that you could feel. That's a, an interesting pain point, really. Um, and and so, how does it come together? And who'd you talk to? And how'd you make it happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, my background was retail, so I'd already had a lot of experience selling shoes, sportswear, clothing. And, you know, I I worked, you know, just going to trade shows all over the world. And I mean, eventually it just kind of came down to persistence and like, you know, finding a supplier that could help you. Uh, In our case, I knew I wasn't going to be like overnight, you know, this like overnight celebrity or sensation and like making a textile or even recycling. So um, we ended up partnering with an organization called Thread International. And, you know, they had already done a whole lot of work in uh, Haiti to source recycled plastic Uh, you know, transform that into something that a designer or brand could uh, effectively turn into uh, a new product. So, you know, we basically started with, you know, an idea, can we make a better bag? Can we make a product that, you know, kind of has a purpose, you know, something that doesn't only sort of, um, you know, rely on private profit, but something that, you know, can sort of transfer wealth from, you know, sort of, you know, traditional uh, outlets all the way back to like the first mile of the supply chain. Um, And through, Partnering with Threat International, we were able to achieve that um, by going out and sourcing, you know, basically trash. Um, you know, we were able to, to achieve that. So, you know, I kind of I basically turned in my uh, you know, my background in uh, banking, my business degree, uh, basically to become a trash man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> turn that into, uh, you know, designer products. So, um, you know, again, just, you know, being able to see the, the impact of what we do is really um, what gets us excited about uh, the work that we're doing. Um, You know, we just got back from Haiti where we actually sourced the plastic from and we had a chance to go to the first mile of the supply chain where uh, it's basically a landfill and they have these collection centers and each collection center has its own owner. It's all Haitian owned and operated. Um, People come from all over to collect plastic. They sell it on the spot and it's basically creating income opportunities where, you know, from there they can go and they can buy soup or, you know, they can go and find, you know, more help. I mean, it's really like this perpetual uh, sort of system. And then from there, um, you know, we're able to buy that that fabric uh, and we make it into a textile and, you know, we'll sell it to our end customers. We started online. Um, we started with the Kickstarter campaign, went direct to consumers and now we're, you know, slowly but surely we're uh, working our way into retail.
0: So let's pause because I wanted, so I, there are two parts here, one of which is down in Haiti, you are really connected to the early stage in the supply chain, and you're making a huge difference giving those folks collecting the garbage, the plastic, um, a purpose for what they're doing. And, and they in turn now have value well past simply making a, a little income here. I mean, this is really important for them as a, as a, a economic development tool. That's pretty exciting. Do they know who you are? Is there a relationship you have with them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that, this was what made the last trip, uh, our, my first trip, which was the, you know, very, it was very special just to go down on the ground to, you know, actually talk to the collection center owners, you know, to meet some of the bio collectors and to also walk our factory floors and to kind of meet our factory uh, partners in person and to really just kind of understand what they go through and, you know, how they actually cut and sew our bags and just seeing the the actual, uh, you know, the, the facility. Um, so it, it has been, uh, you know, this cont- continuous journey to, you know, kind of bridge the gap between like, you know, what we basically make and then kind of showcasing that to uh, some degree with like the different artisans that we've partnered with, the organizations, and then opening up new collaborations uh, and new relationships. So uh, we were down there for about a week. Uh, We were able to, you know, visit almost a dozen different, you know, organizations, uh, you know, factories, and just, individual, uh, you know, like artists and contributors, like, you know, making jewelry, um, you know, fashion, textiles, uh, agriculture. I mean, we went, we went all over and um, you know, now we've come back from that. And now we have a new experience where, you know, we're working with new people down there uh, and we're just really excited to, You know, kind of get that for the holiday of this year. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll start to showcase that on uh, HamiltonPerkins.com.
0: What's interesting, I mean, I want to go back to Kickstarter and other things, because to a degree, Uber has changed the world from pipeline to platform. And I'm listening to you, and to some degree, you're a platform connecting people who are doing things in Haiti with people here, Kickstarter, who might like to invest in something like that in Haiti, but no way to do it. And then all of a sudden, you're opening up new markets for them to sell this stuff online. And it's interesting, you're going backwards. You're not going Brick and mortar to online, you're going e-commerce to brick and mortar, which I have a hunch may be on the brink of uh, what's coming next because it clearly you can begin to create demand and now people want more channels to find it in. Does that sound sort of like your platform here? Is not a because you're not? It's not no longer simply I make a bag. It's a whole continuity here. Yes.
1: Yes, we have to think of ourselves almost as a media company first, and then after that, you know, then we're a retail company. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, opportunity now. You know, there's no longer this uh, maybe centralized platform where yeah. you know there's a a buyer and then sort of, uh, you know, a designer. And then, you know, they're they're kind of like working together, uh, exclusively, you know, now the customer is involved in that conversation, you know, fashion shows now, uh, feature customers. I mean, it's really, um, you know, become democratized. So, um, what we've tried to do is really kind of, you know integrate ourselves organically within uh you know the, the awareness funnel for most customers so you know if everyone's on instagram you know we want to be on instagram and we want to add value on instagram if everybody's having fun on snapchat then you know we'll be on snapchat and we'll try to add value there as well and and it, the list goes on and on and on yeah um but you're right i mean what we're doing we're connecting uh individuals uh you know if they want to you know have a like for example just a product that um, is a unique and cool product then that's what we're here for and then there's the other aspect of it is the fact that it has an impact and that's the part that's been missing and you know it never necessarily like changes uh you know like priority because you know it just doesn't technically work in our world to just say hey it's a cool product um but the impact is the thing that you're leading with or like that's what people are looking for because most people just don't shop that way. They, you know, we found that they, they basically are looking for something cool. They're looking for something unique. And then when they find out, oh, it's this wonderful story, you know, then they're really like they're engaged and like it's compelling to them. So um, it took us some time to figure that that out, by the way. But. Um, well, you, know, you,
0: <laughs> you remember if you started the other way, remember Kickstarter, remember zip cars try to start by saving the gas in the economy. And until they began to figure out that it was really about just in time travel, their positioning was not quite right. But you're beginning to see that people, it matters, but it isn't the sole reason why you're going to buy something. Tell me about Kickstarter, because so many people talk to Kickstarter and you have many um, elements to your business. What did you say on Kickstarter? How did you find people do invest
1: yeah we started with the basic creative you know we knew uh we had to have something that would be visually compelling and you know something that would basically let people see themselves potentially in the product that we were selling so you know we really had an uh, we invested in a video you know we had a video um we had um you know sales copy you know basically explaining what the product is Why does it exist? You know, who are we and why do we uh, think that we're qualified to produce it? You know, and then from there, it came down to outreach. You know, I I can't stress enough if, uh, you know, if you haven't ever run a crowdfunding campaign, it really takes a lot of, um, you know, (laughs) one-to-one marketing, hand-to-hand combat. You know, we text messaged our friends, emailed our colleagues and business associates, and then we did our outreach with small blogs Regional blogs, and then ultimately we were featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Money Magazine, and the Washington Post. So you know, it's really an evolution of um, you know how do you take an idea to you know from concept to the market. And Kickstarter is a great way to really allow you to validate because you know if it's not something that anyone's re- really willing to purchase, you know you'll be able to notice that within 30 to 60 days, however long your campaign is. And you know that was going to be the best test for us to really find out did we have a you know, a product that someone really wanted, and so you know, fortunately for for us, we we closed the campaign with a you know overall about thirty thousand in revenues uh, in about thirty days. So that that gave us you know kind of the traction that we needed to kind of move to the next step of uh, manufacturing.
0: So as you're thinking, uh, that story is very exciting because uh, you do need a a pretest. You know, we have a concept. Um, We can't sell anything yet. Will anyone buy it? Is there enough interest so that someone will put some money into it, even if it's not a lock? I mean, it really needs an echo and a mirror back again. You and I were talking, though, before our podcast started about the data, because we often find working with entrepreneurs they're not looking at the data. They don't have the right data. They look at only the data that supports what they believe and ignore the data that doesn't support it in some way. I, I have a hunch with your background. Um, you are a data junkie like we are. Um, tell us uh, and tell the listeners about data and where it fits in this because you need to be agile and responsive. What, how does the data fit in?
1: Well, we knew from the start we were going to be a very data-driven uh, sort of design company. We, we actually interviewed you know close to about 1,000, and travelers and potential customers. Um, we felt like that was a statistical significant number for us to really gauge, um, you know, recurring themes, uh, you know, pain points, uh, you know, sources of delight. And, you know, we figured out that, you know, we could make a backpack. That was going to be the thing that people were interested in. Um, you know, most people wanted to see a backpack that had a duffel bag in it as well. So it was going to be two bags in one. Uh, people love the concept of, you know, inside lining being different and unique uh you know we so we tested that and then finally you know we we actually you know asked people to pay up you know if they actually wanted it you know we were saying hey we're going to get this to you in six months um you're welcome to pre-order it now and we promise that we can't get you your product we're just going to give you a refund so um we made good on that promise Uh, We use the data to inform our decision to move ahead. And uh, that's how we actually got onto crowdfunding and Kickstarter in the first
0: place. It's interesting. Um, as As you were talking, there's certainly no shortage of backpacks. And so how you engage the consumer to be in the process of developing the next one was really quite, I'm listening here, I'm saying that's pretty imaginative because there's no shortage of backpacks. You know, we all have five or six or seven in the attic waiting for which trip we're Going on, I have one for my Africa trips, and one for my ski trips, and one for my bike trips, and 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 so this is sort of interesting, and I like the idea of having a duffel inside because we always never run, we always run out of bag space somewhere along the line. Um, did you? As are you still going through sort of an iterative process and evolving with it?
1: Yes, we're always testing. So every day is a test. We're always you know looking to improve. I mean, we we want to basically introduce a minimum lovable product we started effectively with one product this holiday, we're going to have four. So, you know, we're, we're still, you know, working in the accessories category. We're still working with recycled materials. Um, and you know, it's, it's an ever kind of learning process, but, um, you know, one thing that we have found out is that, um, you know, right now it's about producing the product, you know, so, you know, yesterday we were really involved with uh, a lot of hands-on, uh, uh, picking, packing and shipping of parts, uh, materials. I mean, we we palletize right here from our showroom. <laughs> we don't even have a, a real, like, a loading dock or anything, but, you know. i yeah, know um, <laughs> truck was able to kind of come up and pick up, you know, just under about 2,000 pounds of uh, just parts of material with another, you know, almost 1,000 or 2,000 pounds already at the factory that we've already shipped. So um, we're moving into, you know just producing more products so that um, we can get it out there and people can test it, they can use it. Yeah. Um, and you know, we'd love to hear from anyone that uh, you know has our products um, by leaving us a review. we um, yeah. review on our website. I will.
0: I'm laughing because my husband would, um, during the early stages of his company, he took it from zero to the fifth largest in the K-12 through 12 assessment space. And he'd be packing boxes with tests to go out to school districts and i would always laugh that no matter how how good you're doing there's always a scalability issue and I always end up in the boxing of it, the shipping of it, and the, uh, oh my gosh, how do I do it? So as you're thinking about scalability, for entrepreneurs who are listening, and we often find entrepreneurs, they get to a stall point. You know, they, they have enough revenue coming in, enough investment money, and they've reached a certain level. And as you are talking about going from one to four packet of different products, you're going to have to begin to think about scalability because it goes up geometrically, not arithmetically. And now the question is, how how do you begin? Do you go back to Kickstarter for more financing? Do you do a public offering, you know, help others begin to think about it? Because you're on the point of beginning to think through, what do I do next, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we definitely enjoyed the Kickstarter process. Um, What we, you know, found was it was a place where, um, you know, the community was already used to Kickstarter and they were, um, you know, they'd already overcome like the objection of you know, crowdfunding, which uh, if you haven't ever crowdfunded or backed any uh, crowdfunding projects, there is a barrier there because you have to learn and understand, you know, this is a different purchase process. This is a different retail process than, you know, go to your local boutique or your local department store, you know, you have your plastic or cash, and then you walk out with the thing that you came to purchase. Crowdfunding is different. You're investing into a creative project and, um, you know. By the way, there's a there's a risk, you know, and generally, the risk is that most of the projects won't pan out and you know you will be refunded technically, but um, you know there's delays and there's bumps in the road, and you know things happen. so you know for that reason, we felt like um, developing our web store, you know, which is what we're doing now, we're in the site we're we're in the process of redoing our website, really set setting it up for you know just just optimizing you know uh, user experience, um, you know. I did the website myself It's a DIY site from Shopify. I mean, it's <laughs> not, you know, it's not representative of kind of like the experience that we want to uh, deliver. So, you know, we, we basically yes. partnered and, you know, contracted with, uh, you know, folks that are, you know, really, um, you know, talented in that area. Um, and I think when you, when we start to think about like, how do we get bigger? How do we scale? You know, one thing that we know is that by making the product, You know, we found that because of how we made it and the fact that it is already like this remarkable product, um, it is a conversation piece. It is actually advantageous that we make more. You know, if we can make the product, we can sell the product. We haven't, you know, really been in a position where uh, we've actually had product to really support the demand for actually, you know, selling the product, fulfilling the product. So um, that's our biggest challenge right now is get the products made. You know, get the products into our uh, new, uh, we basically have a 3PL, a third-party logistics partner to help us uh, with fulfillment to get it out to customers, to get it out to stores, drop ship to customers, etc. So now we're we're getting all that set up for the first time. And, you know, this will be like the first year that we actually make a few thousand bags, which, you know, is exciting to us. And, you know, we look to continue to kind of ramp that up year over year.
0: Yep. It's, um, it's interesting to me because you are um, so uh, innovative in what you're doing. You took an idea and you're bringing it to market. And I'm sitting here watching you. I wish our listeners could watch you because it's full of you know the excitement. It's not millions yet, but it is the beginning of something really important on many levels. And the many levels are often the passions that push entrepreneurs to take their ideas and try to make it happen. I will tell you there are a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of innovators that never get it out of the, you know, the, the, the garage, you know, it sits there and they wonder how come their great idea hasn't been able to turn into a, a good business. You would probably tell them it takes a lot of work, patience and persistence. Yes,
1: absolutely. You know, it's like this expression I've heard, uh, you know, the, the graveyard is like the wealthiest place because, you know, there's just so many ideas that just kind of, you mm-hmm. know, they never make it. So, I mean... I totally agree.
0: That having said, you are truly a splendid individual. Watching you um, talk to me like this, I'm so excited by what you're on the brink of doing, which is really taking this idea and going forward, and my silly head says, hmm. Uh, who else would be able to take all of this recycled fabric and other things and begin to open up new market space and who you could actually be that consultant for in some ways. Um, but you're also a model for other entrepreneurs who have good ideas but need to know how to, how to make them happen. So as we're wrapping up, two things I'd like you to share. Some three or four tips that you think other entrepreneurs should really remember because it's not an easy process, but my goodness, it's so exciting, isn't it? So what what can you share? Yeah,
1: I think the thing that, it, you know, I learned throughout this journey and kind of starting to assemble a really small team is patience. You know, the first year is just, you know, you have to be patient. There's no overnight success. There's never this like one moment or this one thing that's going to really change everything. It's always the little things that change everything. And, you know, I think gratitude, just being thankful for having the opportunity or having the idea or, you know, having the execution, having the product service, you know, whatever it is that you're thankful for, You know, I think those are two, you know, two things that you can really kind of fall back on. And, you know, other than that, I think just, you know, it's just action. You know, I think if you can get started, you know, even if you can do something uh, practical as, you know, maybe testing or interviewing customers, you know, just start somewhere. And, you know, you can correct and go back and kind of, you know, debate uh, what, what went wrong later. But, you know, to your point earlier, I mean, if you can actually get out there and have some data to... Uh, to go through. Now, it's a different conversation. You can start to move to the next level. So, um, you know, I would say um, you know, uh, take take it into your own hands, you know, take take uh take it by the horns.
0: Well, you know, nobody's walking around saying, "Hamilton, could you please make me a better backpack? And could you also make it out of recycled stuff? And also could you make an impact on Hades?" Nobody's walking around. You got to create demand. And you also have to create a purpose and a mission that creating demand The tools are out there today. The Internet is way open, waiting for people with good ideas to come along and and begin to engage people in problems that they need solved and unmet needs that are there. So I couldn't agree with you more. The passion part, remember, people buy with the heart and justify with the head. And so part of this is tapping into the heart. And to your point, they feel this. There's something here that's sort of magical in terms of whether it's the Snapchat, the Instagram, the Pinterest. I mean, there's something walking down into that, you know, the aisle here. Something is going to capture them in a a really powerful way. I can't thank you enough for joining us. You do have an offer for our listeners, though. And it's a special code, and I want to share it with uh, them. And if you could tell them how they could get a a little discount or a big discount on one of your bags, that would be terrific.
1: Yeah, please come check us out at hamiltonperkins.com and use the discount code OTB at checkout, and you'll get $10 off your first order. We'd love to hear your feedback, hear your thoughts. uh, Let us know what you think about our products.
0: And the OTB, I bet, is on the brink. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, Remember, On the Brink is all about how to help you see, feel, and think in new ways about both you and your business. Remember, every Friday, I have an Ask Andy session. Send me your questions. Most of the Ask Andys now are coming in from you. And our listenership is really growing quickly. So share, subscribe, and enjoy. At the end of the day, our job is to help you do yours better. And if you have any thoughts to help us, I would most appreciate it. So thanks again and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now.